Welcome to the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Teams podcast, Why Language Matters. This podcast is meant to explore words, their meaning, and how we can use language to be inclusive. I'm Nicole Doyle. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. My mother is from Ecuador, so I'm a first-generation immigrant. Growing up in our household, there was a lot of Spanish and English switching going on. And so I was really excited to talk about this topic today, which is code switching. My name's Badiana Badio. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am sales leader and consultant. I code switched because I grew up in a multilingual home. My parents are from Haiti and being in a home where I was speaking multiple languages kicked off this trend of having to code switch linguistically and then realizing I had to do it throughout my life just to assimilate and adapt to the world around me. My name is Dulce Correa. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am the lead for the policy and external impact group for the Latinx ERG. I agreed to talk about code switching because it was something that I typically do or I do all the time to essentially survive and continue moving up. It's done instinctively. And so I thought it would be a good topic to discuss and learn a little bit more as to why everyone else does it. My name is Belpreet Bindra. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I'm a retail manager here in North Jersey. Shout out Jersey. The reason that I wanted to do this podcast about code switching, I grew up in a Punjabi household, spoke Punjabi at home, an English major, corporate America, balancing those two. It's always been an interesting mix. And like Dulce just mentioned, seeing everyone else's perspective, it's always good to know that other people are going through the same thing. Great, so let's get started. Code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in conversation. And when we first started talking about this topic, it was funny because, Badiana, you said, I I don't even know what code switching is. And then you looked up the definition and were like, oh my gosh, this is my entire life. (laughs) Maybe you can talk to us about that realization of like, oh my goodness, I didn't even have any idea that this was a thing. I honestly had no clue that code switching was the terminology for what I've been doing my entire life. I was raised in a Haitian household. So my parents are from Haiti. I was born in America, but we were a multilingual family, spoke Haitian Creole, English, also French. So as a child, there were certain words that I didn't know the English term for it. So an example of that is placemats on a table when you're eating dinner. In Haitian Creole, it's called a soupla. Till this day, I still call placemats soupla. And I coined the term in our household where we would interchange Haitian Creole, English, Kringlish, because my mom and my parents, we would just go into Haitian Creole, then we'd flow right into English. And then also just being raised in a multilingual home and a home that is not based in the American culture. It forced me to have different words, different terminology, different languages, depending on the group I was interacting with. So, you know, I communicate differently when I'm at work versus when I'm speaking to my diverse friends and my Caucasian friends. Like there's various ways of how I communicate based off who the audience is. So I had no clue that there was actually a word for that. I just figured that's just normal everyday life. What was the name for the placement that you said again? Supla. Supla. I was going to say hoopla. Supla. Okay. (laughs) 
And I bet when you were a kid, you probably said that once or twice and just like got met with a weird look. <laughs> and people were like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Now my husband calls them that because I'm so used to saying that. So he actually now calls them suplas. <laughs> I love it when those terms actually start a trend. One of my friends, her ancestors are Polish. My friends each have little girls who are five years old, adorable. And instead of calling it, but they call it a dupa because that's the Polish word for it. And I just had no idea. And like, that's the whole thing now. All the friends call it a dupa. (laughs) (laughs) They'll say you probably have a similar experience. Well, I was born here in the States and my first language was English. And I, I would not by any stretch of the imagination call myself bilingual. I can get around in South American countries. I can get around. I can, I can get by, but certainly not fluent particularly speaking fluent. Growing up in my household, my mom's from Ecuador, and my mom and grandma would always speak in English. And then one word, one Spanish word would switch their entire conversation to Spanish. And so they were just like talking in Spanish. And then one English word would pop up and they'd go right back to English. And that's actually how I learned how to, like, I learned Spanish that way. Uh, Do you have any similar experiences? It happens all too often to where I don't even realize that I'm doing it. I mean, Spanglish is really a form of code switching, right? And I can find myself doing it all the time. I really didn't pay attention to it until you brought it up as code switching. To me, it's just the norm, right? It could be at home while I'm talking to my children, and then all of a sudden I forget a word and I'll say it in Spanish or vice versa. And it's the same thing with my children. My daughter, for example, when she was learning how to speak, she would ask us for things and she would say it in one language and then she'd look at us to see if we'd respond. And if we didn't, she would say it in the other language. So she herself, as she was learning to speak, she would code switch. So it's normal to us, I suppose. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like I'm going to go to dad and ask first. And then if not, then I'm going to go ask mom. But like that realization of, oh, maybe it didn't resonate in this language. I'm going to say it in the other language. Yeah. Smart. Balpreet, love to hear a little bit more about your background and what your experience is. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Punjabi. I was born here. My parents literally moved here the year I was born, 93. So they spoke Punjabi at home. I was kind of teaching them English as I was like going through school. Really the times I would hear my dad speak the most English is like customer service, trying to get some money back. And I'd be like, hey, like I deserve some of that credit right there. And I would hear my mom talking very kind. You know, you hear a lot of South Asian people speak English, sometimes in a more kind, submissive type of way. My dad had his, you know, like, I need to get my money back here talking to the insurance company, English voice. So it was me just straddling that, like, am I going to be speaking English to be kind of submissive in a way? Am I using it as a tool to get what I want? So it was always that. But to each other, we always spoke Punjabi. So there's no, like, I know, talk about, like, Pinglish, if I could use Badiana's term and apply it to myself. There was no real Pinglish. It was all, you know, either Punjabi and we're talking outside of the house. It's English. But that's kind of my experience with it. And same as Badiana, didn't really know what code switching was. And Badiana showed me some clips, showed me some things. And I was like, oh, wow. Yep, that adds up. First of all, I love that you're like, if I'm getting you guys all this money back, where's my tax? (laughs) Where's my share off the top? But more specifically, how you said, like, I I was using it as a tool. You know, am I going to be the little kid who's like, I'm just the translator or like the way I speak English to such a way that makes it different. I think that's really what code switching is, is using it as a tool. Maybe we could talk about some of the other reasons we code switch. 
you said at the beginning, you, you said Balpreet or Preet. Which do you prefer, though? I guess this comes into co-switching, right? Balpreet is obviously my name. Bao is how I got introduced in, like, school and sports teams. And Preet is my son-run corporate name. But this has made me think about that, too. And I like Balpreet. Especially when it comes to the name thing. I always look at examples of other South Asians and like, news and media. And I see the governor of Louisiana, who's an Indian man named Bobby. And I'm like... I know that's not your name. And then I know like Jay Sean, who's a singer. And I know his name's not Jay, right? So, and I followed these people. So I'm like, ah, you know, but they made it. It's kind of that struggle. Like, do I need to change up my name? They made it in a certain way. So do I need to do the same thing? And I, I don't know really the answer to that. I think these days you could kind of be yourself a little bit more. There's more examples of that. But growing up, that kind of got ingrained in me. Like you need to code switch if you want to be ambitious, you want to go further, that's kind of your key. Yeah, it's interesting. The Americanization of it, it's almost like expected and saying like, if you don't Americanize, if you don't do these things, then you aren't going to have the same opportunities as some other people who do have those uh, more white sounding names, frankly. Right. And you're right. I feel like it is a thing that a lot of Asians do when they come over and it's let me either change my name completely to something that sounds more American or shortening it to something that is more digestible for somebody else's linguistic tongue. And I think of even like President Obama when he was coming about and I was like, oh, wow, like, you know, he's keeping that name. And just the fact that it was a thought in my head of like, you know, you could keep your name or you could get rid of it because it might be controversial or because people might think something of it just by your name. They really emphasize that Hussein middle name too, just to, you know, spark um, something extra there. But, you know, just like a lot of the code switching in the corporate world, when it comes back to Sunrun, I remember I used to work at Verizon and like, it was a store, not my neck of the woods where I'm from. So I wasn't really used to it. And someone was like, I don't want to buy anything from this store. What is that on his head? You know, pointing to my turban and stuff. And the manager of the store was like, instead of Preet, you mind Andy? And I'm like, I don't really want to be called Andy. That's not my name, but I could, sh- you know, short from Valpreet to Preet. So I was like negotiating my name, which should be a non-negotiable. And it kind of started from the corporate world now that I think about it a little bit, because I'm like, I got to make commission. I want to finish number one in my job. So if I got to make a little adjustment, I will. Wow. That's heavy. That's somebody trying to take your identity. I'm curious about your experience here at Sunrun. Maybe you adopted Preet as like a shortening version, or did you adopt that here at Sunrun? Do you feel pressure to Americanize your name here? Well, Sunrun's been awesome. Obviously, I'm managing a team. Obviously, there are managers with turbans, but it's far and few between. So the fact that that's happening at Sunrun, diversity amongst everyone is important at Sunrun just by this podcast alone and things like that. So Sunrun is definitely different than the other corporations. I think larger companies have more space to do that. Small businesses, sometimes they think my profit's all that matters. If this person's going to cost me a dollar, it kind of comes into that. But Sunrun's been like, you know, so what? We're going to talk about this sort of stuff and not just saying that it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's important. It's important that we have these conversations and really normalize these conversations because otherwise the people who are marginalized, the people who are in these quote unquote out groups, you know, it's still going to 
go on unless we have the conversation. Thank you for sharing that. What are some other motives that we might have for code switching? I would say oftentimes we do it to, let's say, fit in, right? We change the way we communicate with certain individuals depending on what they're like or their likes simply, or for example, to get a job. Your demeanor is different when you're interviewing for a job. We all do it. And the main reason for it is we want to fit in, whether it be to get a job and be a better fit for that or to belong in a group or at work, so on and so forth. I think that's probably very true for everybody. I think anybody listening to this will be like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not wearing a suit every day. So of course I'm, you know, I'm dressing myself up for a job. Normally I wouldn't sell myself to everybody, but I'm going to go do that when I'm getting a job. But I think with code switching, it's a little bit more. And so maybe Badiana, you can talk a little bit more about what code switching is, not just linguistically, but sociolinguistically. So within the context of culture, really, it may not be about linguistics, it may not be switching between two languages, but it may be others. So maybe Badiana, you can give us that more broad definition. Absolutely. Standardly, people tend to code switch, like uh, Dulce and Balpreet said, is we want to identify with a particular social group. Like Dulce said earlier, we just don't even realize we're doing it. It just happens so subtly. And in more situations, it it happens more often, as you can see, for people who were raised in a bilingual home, because it's just our brain were tuned in at a very young age to operate in two different languages. You know, you just sink into a different language because you were taught when you were learning languages, two different languages. For example, consider how you speak around your coworkers. More than likely, you're going to subconsciously become more measured, more organized in your thoughts, more professional. Then contrast that with when you're around your friends, your speech transitions, everything of that sort become way more casual. Your tone gets more relaxed because you feel more comfortable in a social setting rather than in a business professional setting where you feel like you can't be, you know, your most casual self. And then all of these alternate based off of the social setting or the environment that you're in or the culture that you're coming from. For example, when you're talking about cultural code switching, my first corporate role, I was in higher education. And that was the first job I got offered that job right out of college. And I had my hair natural. And so it was really curly. And usually I didn't have it like that, but it was my birthday and I just wanted to be my most natural self. And then the secretary of the president of the school had like her boss basically told her to come to me and tell me if I could tie my hair back because it was for her obnoxious and the president of the company would find that not appropriate attire or appropriate hairstyle for the tour that was happening that day. So now ever since that point, I wear my hair straight. I rarely wear my hair natural just because I know that corporate America requires me to assimilate and have my hair look a certain way and look more like the Caucasian woman. You do it for various reasons. And it's just a powerful psychological tool that people use to get ahead or to ensure that they have all the advantages that others have. I think you hit it right on the head, Badiana, to ensure that they can enjoy the privileges that other people enjoy. That's huge. And I think that for code switching in this term, I think it's a little bit more than just, you know, I'm preparing for an interview. It's more about, to me, and I'd love to hear your perspectives and views. To me, it's more about survival. Like you can't 
get a job unless you change something. You can't keep a job unless you change something about yourself. Talk about your hair and your name. Like, what are things that are like more personal than that? I'm curious to know, we work here at Sunrun, which is very progressive. I don't know about you guys. I've been here for seven years and I, I am so glad we're marching down this path of, you know, more inclusivity and celebrating the diverse Sunrunners that we have, making sure that we all have our voices heard. And so in this world, there's times when I feel less like I have to code switch. And then, you know, there's other times where I feel more like I have to code switch. And so thinking about today's atmosphere, right, I hang out with certain people and I feel like I have to fit in more with them than I ever had to before. Like, don't worry, I'm not going to say equality, you know, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to say this. Don't worry, you know, I'm not, not here to pick a fight. But like I said, here at Sunrun, I feel like I can be more myself than I ever have been. And I'm curious to hear your perspectives. Do you feel pressured to code switch? Do you feel like it's necessary at certain times in your life? Not just for, you know, I'm going to get ahead or I'm going to enjoy those same privileges that other people do, but for my own psychological or even physical safety. For me, code switching is a necessity at all times. I love Sunrun. I think this is a great organization. I love what we're doing. I love the people that I work with, but I still feel like code switching is crucial for me as a Black woman in any corporate environment in America. I mean, we are progressive, but there's still this level of like, we still have work to do. And in order for me to continue to grow and expand here at this organization, I definitely think that I have to continue to code switch. I could not be just my most normal, casual self in this environment and feel confident and safe that I would continue to move up the corporate ladder. I have to agree with Fadiana. I think that to us, because it's so natural, we do it all the time and and we're going to continue doing it because that ensures that we are going to continue moving up. And to be honest with you, I'm very loud at home and it's not the way that I can behave at work, right? And be seen in a normal way. So I definitely have to code switch work. um, And it's not just because Sunrun is a certain way. No, I am very accepted at Sunrun. I just myself don't feel comfortable enough to do so. Yeah, I agree with Bariana and Dulce. Obviously, being in retail, being customer-facing, just for myself, I think about this all the time in the morning, making people feel comfortable. Like, am I wearing my bigger turban today, my smaller one, the one that looks less intimidating? Uh, Am I going to be tying up my beard fully, really tight, so it looks, you know, not like a long-bearded, whatever people have seen on TV? That'll always go through my mind as I'm working retail. It's not really much to do with Sunrun, as it is to do with my previous experiences, I would say, but obviously ties into my job. Yeah, we still have a lot to go as society. I'm curious about what the costs of code switching are, though. I grew up on welfare, a single mother teacher salary in Arizona, four kids, like (laughs) go figure. And so, you know, not only were we first generation immigrant, but we were very poor. And I think those two things really had a lot of influence on me and who I saw myself to be, particularly as a kid. And so as I was growing up and as I was, you know, coming out of those inner city neighborhoods and going into more of the suburbs and finding myself in a circle of friends that looked different than me, 
I really honed in on like, don't do anything that shows that you're Hispanic, that shows you're poor. Don't do anything, don't say anything, don't wear anything that hints at that you're the poor first generation immigrant. And so for me, the outcome of me code switching for all those years was it reinforced to myself that I'm less than. And not that anybody else, you know, said it to me, but that was my own perception. That was what I had learned from the place that I was at in the world. And so every time I code switched, I realized that I reinforced that for myself. And so I tried to stop. So like, you'll see me now, Bariana, with like my hair, you know, in the braids or like with dark lipstick, you know, in my everyday life. But I think that's a huge cost. And for me, you know, half white, half Hispanic, I have that straight hair. You know, I I didn't have any of the religious clothing to wear that would quote unquote out me, you know? And so I'm, I'm curious to what your thoughts or experiences are on the cost of code switching and how that's impacted you. I think it could be very stressful when code switching essentially to fit in, especially when you're not in your comfort zone. You're always cautious about what you say, how you say it, so on and so forth. So I think that's one of the biggest costs there is the stress that you cost yourself in doing so. Well said. Yeah, and that really resonated with me. No one said anything to you, but like you started looking at yourself a little bit lesser because you're like, wait, why am I code switching so often? And then at a certain point, you kind of like some nights you kind of lose who the real you is. Like, you know, which one is it? Is it the person who's code switching? Is it the person who's at home? You know, you kind of lose your identity a little bit. Definitely code switching less than I used to before and coming back to a clear identity. But I, I definitely remember at a certain point, the cost of code switching was, you know, why am I doing this? Who am I really? Yeah. Is it worth it? For me with code switching is, I think the most drastic effect of it was I was using it a lot of the times to not be the stereotype that everyone was expecting of someone that looked like me. And I often equate it to like a lot of, you know, my intelligence. Like I spend a lot of time trying to make sure that people realize and understand or accept or are very aware that I'm intelligent, I'm educated, I can speak articulately. And that was developed from having to code switch and having to prove that I can speak a certain way and I have a command on the English language and um, whatnot. So I think it created the self-esteem issues around, like, I'm smart and having to prove that I'm smart, even though I know that I'm smart, but it's just feeling like I have to prove that to everyone else around me. And so code switching made me, made that easier. Yeah, Badiana just brought up a great point to me. I felt so fake at some point where I would have to like, you know, see like a group of people, obviously like, I like all the music everyone else likes, but people assume that I have no idea about certain kinds of music. Like I listen to Biggie, but I would have to make that my first few sentences just so people would feel safe. Like, yeah, oh, this song, like I'm going to start wrapping along to it so you know i know every single word we're good we're on the same page didn't just come off a boat yesterday we can all be cool because obviously when you see me you assume the opposite so it led to a lot of like overcompensating fake moments just to you know make sure i wasn't excluded later on oh man the overcompensating really resonates (laughs) and it's funny because even at the same time 
I'm sure you guys probably saw it on my face when I was talking earlier. It was like a very uncomfortable thing for me, that, you know, saying like I'm less than and all of these things. But it's funny because now in my older age, I'm like, I can be fluent with different kinds of people. And I kind of take some pride in that. Like, I don't know, like I've now become this chameleon person that I, you know, I can talk to different kinds of people in a different way that is a different piece of me that now it kind of seems a bit genuine, a bit more genuine. Yeah, you've benefited from it in one way or another. Yeah, I agree with that, Nick. And Dulce, I think now I find it more beneficial because now as a community, as a society start to get more progressive. I've realized how useful that tool has been. I can relate to so many people, especially being in the field and in the role that I'm in currently. Like I literally can relate, adapt, communicate, make anyone feel comfortable with me in my presence. And I do find that a useful tool in the roles that I've been doing here at Sunrun. Adaptation, definitely out of necessity, huh? Yeah, and I think most of the times we think that we have to play ourselves up, but I find that we sometimes have to play ourselves down in order to fit in with certain groups instead of just being ourselves. I think this is maybe just me or I don't know, but I'm constantly thinking, how can I be less loud? How can I, how can I insert myself less? Because I feel like I do that too much. But maybe that's just a personality trait. Well, I don't have any other questions. Are there any parting words that y'all want to impart, you know, maybe for somebody who's listening to this, who never knew that they had to code switch before and is like, oh my gosh, now I have to dig into this and figure out what this means for me. Yeah. Kind of what you guys were saying before, I felt fake overcompensating. And now the more I'm looking into code switching, I kind of see it as like a bridge also a way to kind of, like you said, adapt, not lose who you are but use it to your benefit because regardless, people are going to look at you a certain way, assume certain things. So might as well be able to adapt code switch to your benefit is kind of the way that I'm looking at it. I agree with Balpre. I think that us using it to our benefit, I mean, we have benefited from it and that's why we continue to do it. I think just we have to remember not to lose ourselves while we're doing it. Very well said. Thank you, everyone. I really appreciate your time today. Um, I think this has been really enlightening. And I just really appreciate you opening up and and sharing those personal experiences. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Why Language Matters. Join us next time.